before we start today's episode, if you are looking for more inspiration, visit my column on bizcommunity.com where I unpack the burning marketing issues that businesses face today. You can sign up for our FutureFit masterclasses at booyah.co.za to build connected customer experiences and also check out our other cool services. Last but not least, don't forget to book your tickets to our regular FutureFit networking events aimed at helping you surf the tsunami of change. The events bring fresh perspectives with tour de force speakers and thought leaders as we debate, learn, inspire, connect. Tickets always sell fast, so book today. All the links you need appear in the show notes of the episode or on the website. And now, from Solid Gold Studios, here's your host, Carmen Murray. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Carmen Murray Show. We are super excited to have you back and to have Taryn pick up. Taryn? Taryn? Taryn, pick up! Sorry, I have to pull that one on. <laughs> Taryn, pick up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for picking up the phone. Oh, <laughs> anyway, um, we are super excited to have you back for yet another Wellness Fit episode. So we've covered quite a lot of interesting topics. We started with the well of wellness and well-being and then obviously the social climate that we have where we're all popping pills um, really to feel better and rather than addressing the underlying problem and then of course the food medicine and then we've also um, touched on emotions and the subconscious mind and today we are going to cover meditation and mindfulness which seems to be a topic that a lot of people are talking about to release their stress so I'm going to let it over to you and then tell us more about how you would approach the topic. Cool. So I think there's a variety of different things here. So, you know, like even kind of preparing for this, there are so many different ways and approaches to kind of look at mindfulness versus meditation. And I think one of the things that you kind of come up with when you kind of sit in this realm of what is mindfulness, what is meditation is also kind of self-hypnosis. And then we kind of also start like branching out a little bit into kind of affirmations and visualization and then kind of what are we talking about on a, my favorite word, this continuum or spectrum of things um, <laughs> that are all kind of singing from the same song sheet, but we like to be very pedantic and put things in our boxes as human beings. Mm. Um, I think for me, mindfulness is... You know, it depends who you're speaking to, you know, if you're talking to a Western guru or if you're probably talking to a very devout Buddhist. Normally, I, I get the sense that the word mindfulness is normally kind of um, a Westernization of kind of meditation because it seems to detach itself from a religious aspect that meditation can sometimes fall into. Mm. And I think over time, those big kind of fissures between what those things are and how we define them have, have certainly changed. But I mean, ultimately for me is, you know, mindfulness, if we talk about the way that we consider it now in our kind of very fast paced, very sophisticated technology driven world is really about finding time for oneself. Um, I think it's more kind of a self reflection, a self check in and a time to just kind of regroup with oneself in a way. So it's about being present, uh, presentness and um, having access to your thoughts you know, being able to check yourself from an emotional response point of view when someone else's 
stuff is their stuff versus your stuff and then being able to make kind of conscious choices based on that kind of presentness and I suppose in a, a level of awareness mm. if that makes more sense. It's quite an interesting topic. As you're talking, I'm just thinking I'm seeing all of my friends that work in corporate environments where they are completely stressed out by the bureaucracies and all of the um, politics going on, um, the micromanagement and, you know, the game that gets played left, right and center and how it almost is impossible for them to center themselves and to find a place of peace while they're going through these tribulations at work. I mean, is this something that's easy to put in place in your life? Because I personally find it very, very hard to find that balance. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's, I think there's a variety of different things, you know, off the top of my head, you know, it's not just maybe about mindfulness, but it's also like kind of what tools do you have at your disposal? Um, and I think it really comes down to the question of kind of what is happening at the time. And, you know, is it more relevant to see a life coach, i.e., is your emotional state of being, i.e. anxiety and depression that's happening at work compounding because of a work situation, but it's not necessarily the root cause of a problem versus say, for example, maybe you need to see a business coach because necessarily the way that the business is being run or the operation or the dynamics within that business may be something that you need specific tools around dealing with that in that current situation. So I think there's a variety of things to keep in mind because humans are on this kind of scale where, you know, again, when is it your stuff? When is it the actual presentness of what's going on that's impacting you and being able to define what's going on? And I think also, you know, we've mentioned this before that corporates have also become a lot more aware of what it means to be kind of mindful within the corporate or wellness, the space of creating wellness within a work environment where there's kind of like time out pods etc where people can go take a break um and all of those kind of things i mean I, I think some businesses even run kind of like yoga or meditation sessions and that's a you know that's a choice for someone to go and sit in and kind of feng shui their chi um <laughs> but i think it, it really just depends on what's going on um i would be hesitant to answer that as like a single black or white answer mm. when i think it's on a scale that's quite gray if that makes sense. Oh, no, no, it totally makes sense. Um, you know, it's just a, it's such an interesting time just to take it back a bit. I think also what happens in society is, is that we're so overwhelmed with choice. We're overwhelmed with, um, so many information that we're trying to take in. And I think to try and isolate yourself is so, so important for that mindfulness. I actually know people that go on holidays where there's no signal. They plan their entire lives around going away for weekends, um, at least once a month to places where nobody can get hold of them, which shows me that there's a desperate need and that people are becoming far more woke, if I can put it that way, in terms of self-care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know, and I know we've mentioned it before as well. It's also that whole thing about how intrusive mobile phone technologies and iPads or laptops can even be within the, you know, within the household. You know, it's interesting. I'm writing an article on kind of building resilience in your children. And one of the first thing is kind of learning to spend one-on-one time with your child, which means you actually have to put the iPad away. You actually have to put the Mm. cell phone away and engage with them as a human being on a, on a face-to-face value. And I think the same can be true for adults is that, we all sit in very passive communication. 
you know as well as I know, being a marketer, we often have this kind of duality now that we have to work around. How do we get your attention as a consumer when you are dual screening all the time? So now you're in front of a TV and an iPad and a mobile phone. It's the same thing. At home, you're sitting in passive communication because you're dual screening. So now you're on your iPhone and you're watching the TV or you're on your iPad and you're watching the TV. But ultimately, like even though that you're considered chilling with your partner, you're still not necessarily in quality time with them. That's not necessarily a one-on-one experience. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a very passive way, kind of lazy way of learning to build bridges, communicate, et cetera, et cetera. So if someone said to me, yeah, I'm going away on a holiday and there's no signal, I'd be like, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm going, I'm deviating off topic, but I had the most interesting insight the other day I was doing a little audit with a beauty salon and just to see you know the customers and how the different personas that they have etc and you know what they said about the young people they said that young people do not like to talk when they have treatments like they feel absolutely so uncomfortable having conversations with the person in front of them like when they have their pedicures and stuff and they said especially between the ages of 18 and like 21, 22. And for me, that was just like, oh my gosh, this is really the times we live in. Yeah. And I, and, and I think that's also interesting because I think it also says something. Let's put it to you this way. If we're saying, if the premise or the assumption is, is that they've learned to be more in their own kind of echo chamber on social media with a passive form of communication using their mobile phones, which is kind of making them a little bit less ability to interact with people on a face-to-face value. The question remains is where did they learn it? Mm. Mm. That's so true. So you have to be aware of your actions. I think, you know, in this context as a parent, um, in terms of like, I've also read articles where people also talk, you know, where therapists talk to children that are in play therapy and they'll also mention how they can't get mom or dad's attention because they're constantly on a mobile phone or an iPad or working on a computer. So, you know, when they get to being an adolescent, they normally shut up about the complaining that they're not getting the attention. And when they finally have their own mobile phone or device, they're like, oh, I kind of get this now, get sucked into their own kind of vortex and world. and the complaining ceases to stop, but the behavior is remodeled, right? Mm. No, I totally agree with you. Which takes us into the topic of today, which is not just about mindfulness, but meditation. And we need, many of us, when we do meditation, we actually use a mobile phone to do that. Yes. So again, technology is not always the big bad wolf. Um, I think it's become sophisticated and there's ways that it can help us. I think everything in moderation, as they say. (laughs) And yes, so there are beautiful tools that are available on us from an app point of view that can help us do um, meditation. And I think here's the difference between the kind of mindfulness and meditation. The kind of main objective for meditation is about training the mind, but more specifically training it in terms of an, an awareness so that the premise of it is basically becoming an attached observer of your thoughts. Meditation is typically known as a kind of Buddhist practice and you get very different types of meditation. So, for example, transcendental meditation, etc. And they, I'm not too okay with them, but they fall under quite different groups or subcategories, if you will. I often think meditation gets misconstrued as this, you must have a lack of thought 
or there must be no thinking and that when you do it, you know, put your thoughts in the cloud and like let it drift away, which is fine. But it's also <laughs> like, you know, people are like, oh, but my mind's racing. I can't meditate. Jeez, what a load of rubbish. Da, 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 da. Like, I can't not have things, thoughts, et cetera, et cetera. And that's completely accurate as well as unrealistic. So often meditation doesn't work for people because they put so much <laughs> pressure on themselves. So they're like, God, I can't even get the meditation right because they're like, I'm thinking too much. Like the brain's going to get set on fire. Oh. So, yeah. So there is this kind of, you know, I wouldn't say there's a massive divide between the ideal or idea of mindfulness versus meditation, but I think maybe there might be less rigidity around the idea of meditation, which is more kind of free-flowing from a Western point of view to call it mindfulness. That's where I land on the spectrum, but hey, I'm always open for debate and discussion. And so what is also very interesting is, you know, I obviously come from a field of being a non-medical hypnotherapist. So the other aspect of this is also self-hypnosis. Mm. So then we start drilling in down into kind of, okay, well then, well, what is guided meditation versus self-hypnosis? And you, the same as guided meditation and using apps, there are certain programs that you can use for self-hypnosis that can help you. I think what it really comes down to is, the language that is kind of being used for self-hypnosis programs versus guided meditation. Sometimes you do have guided meditation guys on free apps that the kind of language patterns aren't bad and only as a trained person, I would understand the difference. <laughs> um, but I mean, so really what it is, is that, you know, if you have to think about like, well, what are you doing is you actually creating in a guided meditation, it's almost like a hypno light version. So let me break this down before I kind of move on. The real question then remains, well, what is the difference between kind of hypnotherapy and meditation? Because then that's when you start getting the big divide. There's no big, real massive divide between guided meditation and self-hypnosis. They all ultimately lead to what we know as kind of like an alpha or theta state brainwave, which is your kind of most hypnotic state or most relaxed state. Relaxed state if you're in meditation, hypnotic state if you're using self-hypnosis. Same thing, <laughs> but the same with guided meditation or self-hypnosis, dropping into an alpha state brainwave or a theta state brainwave is kind of your most creative state. For adults, that is like a lot of relaxation, where for adolescents, who are typically a lot of the time in an alpha state brainwave, are in an alpha state brainwave because they're building their belief systems and their subconscious belief systems. It's important for them to be in that state from a memory, from a learning point of view. It's very much linked to the organ of the brain and kind of what the brain is doing during that kind of growth or development phase from a physical point of view. But when you're in an alpha state brainwave, you can also use something called like affirmation or any positive phrasing in line with visualization. That's mm. ultimately what you're doing. You're using your affirmation with visualization to reprogram the subconscious mind to then basically have your conscious mind and your subconscious mind connect, right? And we've already spoken about this. Yeah, and I so love it. You know, Oprah Winfrey always talks about visualization and how important it is. I mean, her, you know the goals that she has, the school? just to put an interesting story in there, like when she started the school, one of the first things that she wanted them to learn was how to do meditate and to envision, you know, their lives and to, to have that connection. 
And the parents were getting so upset because they were like, you know, according to Christianity, this is not the way we do it. It's demonic. It's this, it's that. And it's really so many misconceptions about how much good it can actually do for you to actually do these kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that the time out and the refocusing of the self internally without obviously overthinking the self from a destructive point of view, but rather kind of visualizing where you would prefer to be. I mean, how can that cause anyone harm? You know what I'm saying? 100. I think think there's some really beautiful things. Actually, so talking about that, I actually saw, um, I retweeted a post on Facebook for British school that no longer sends the children to detention, but sends them to meditation instead. Oh, yes, I saw that. I saw that. That is so incredible. Mm. But see, these changes are so, so important. Tell me, if you could recommend to our audiences some tools that they can use specifically for mindfulness and meditation, what tools would you recommend? So there's a plethora of them. Um, Everyone's got their own kind of flavor to how they want to do it. I use an app called Insight Timer. They actually come from a wonderful background. I think their values and the proposition that they started when they first started the app were great, but obviously for commercial reasons and having to keep it going to make it actually sustainable, they've had to start adding in their advertising and and et cetera, et cetera, although that was never really their intention and they've always been very clear in their communication when they've had to make changes to that business. I've got a history with them. So Inside Timer as an app works really well for me. Someone was telling me something called like the happy mind. I haven't checked it out. Um, I think I've heard about that. There's a ton of different stuff that different people can use. I mean, you've got Oprah Winfrey and Deepak Chopra. I mean, you can go all out. Oh, I love Deepak. (laughs) (laughs) So there's tons of stuff that you can do. I think just to affirm the differentiation between, you know, where, okay, so where's the difference between, say, for example, now hypnotherapy? Because everyone's going to be like, okay, well, then I can just do self-hypnosis. What's the point? Eh, not quite. Hypnotherapy <laughs> is also about working specifically in line with the client's needs specific to your problem. Like guided meditation and self-hypnosis CDs or MP3s or apps, ultimately what you listen to and what I listen to are the same thing doesn't mean we're solving the same problem. Yeah. So hypnotherapy becomes a lot more kind of client-centered, very specific. It's very tailor-made. It's very centric to your specific issue or challenge and kind of the wide-digging process that goes with that. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So, yeah. So, Taryn, it is so sad to see this all come to an end. All of these amazing episodes, the Wellness Fit episodes have been absolutely insightful and I think very uplifting for all of us. And I've had a lot of great feedback. So thank you so much. If there's anything in closing that that you would like to impart to our audiences, what would that be in order to maintain a healthy mind, body and soul and keeping your wellness fit? So I really think, you know, in order to say wellness fit, thank you for having me first, second, (laughs) (laughs) is I think people just have to check themselves. Um, As humans, we know when we're not okay and when we are okay. And I think understanding where that line is for you and seeking the correct professional help and treatment before you kind of get to a tipping point where you're either in complete chaos and disharmony or dis-ease disease. So I think it's, you know, just 
be aware of yourself at the end of the day. Totally. Thank you so much, Taryn. So next time when I call you, you're going to pick up the phone, right? Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> Don't ignore me now. <laughs> anyway, from all of us at the Solid Gold Studios and to our audiences, thank you so much for tuning in to the Wellness Fit episodes. And just go down below to the show notes. And if you want to get in touch with Tyron, how can they get um, hold of you? So you can either get me on my website, www.thewellnessspace.co.za. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, at wellnessspacesa. Yeah, and I'm also under Taryn Pickup, so you can find me either way. Perfect. Thank you so much, Taryn. Have an awesome one. Cheers. You Bye. Bye. To our amazing audiences around the world, thank you so much for your ongoing support. Please take a moment to review and rate your favorite episodes, which will help others find us. You mean the world to me, and I thank you for being part of my journey to get people future fit. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Carmen Murray Show, another solid gold podcast. For show notes and more episodes, visit solidgoldstudios.co.za slash Carmen Murray.